What's up, everybody? We're back with another wonderful podcast. It's Rit Talk. It's May 25th, 2021, and life is just still a smidge meaningless. I uh, I, I didn't do another, a podcast last week because I, again, wrecked my car. This is the third time in three months that I've wrecked a vehicle. I I I am crashing more often than a NASCAR driver. My insurance is going to be through. The, you know what? Never never mind. My insurance isn't going to be through the roof because I'm safe. The first time was in February, and I was making. I was at a stop stop sign, listening to the weekend after he performed at the Super Bowl, going, "Golly gee, I hope I can make it home." And you know, no drunk driver decides to just take me out while I'm trying to make it home. And some random ass fucking half drunk dude and his douchebag kid decide to crush me. Not not crush me, but I'm at a stop sign and I just get whacked with a car basically. And uh didn't feel fun. That was that was a scary one. That one had the anxiety going. That was the first time I was ever in an accident. That's the first time I've ever had the sound of, I guess, the metal of a car cracking and just getting, like, just shook. Wasn't fun. No DUI test on the dude because his bitch of a wife rolled up and was like, what happened? Like, why did you move the car? Like, why why are you over here? Like, why? And it's just like, shut the fuck up. You have no part of this. The dude got out of the car and apologized immediately and said it was his fault. How would it have been my fault? Like, I'm at a stop sign. I'm just enjoying the weekend. Quite literally. And the wife, when the cops rolled up, was like, hey, you know, is is Johnson working? Oh, here we go. This is... She, they're going to they're gonna walk. They're going to get out of this. If it was any other fucking person and didn't know anyone in Montour, apparently... uh. You know they had they'd been fucked up. They would have went, went to jail for a DUI, hundred percent. The dude was slurring a little, but I couldn't tell if he was nervous and upset with himself or because if he was actually been drinking. Um, yeah. So they, they they got out of it, and then get this, this fucking this fucking kid just sits there and he's he's taking pictures, and he's just like, oh, he does the ugh. like I hate pigs, as if. This random 17-year-old white kid is like had any sort of adversity in his life that related to being uh, profiled or, you know, had a bad run-in with the cops. It's just like he, he, he took his hockey gear out of his dad's car. Bro, you're, you're able to afford to play hockey, ice hockey. And you're complaining about the cops? Come on, dude. Like, no, no. But for some reason, every time I'm getting these situations, I'm panicking on the inside, but everything is fine on the outside. I wanted to destroy that guy. Like, I just wanted to... I wish I could have just took him down and just just broke his arm. I feel like breaking my car, breaking your arm, fair deal, right? As we get further along, I guess... 
I deserve to have my arm broken too. But anyway, that was $5,000 at least. Just ruined. But at least it was his insurance. That that was nice. And he put it in immediately. His wife, I, I guess, just was told to shut the fuck up when they got home. And they, he just did the manly thing and just put it in his claim. Uh, then, about a month and a half later, I'm on my way back from Erie, and I crush a deer. Just blow it up, basically. 75 miles an hour. I think that the tractor trailer next to me hit it, and then it hit into me, which caused it to get under my car a little bit, and then uh, the airbags moved my face. Felt like a mortar going off. It was terrible. Absolutely, absolutely terrible. I was on the phone with a good friend, and I was screaming, fuck, and there's smoke, and I don't know how I stayed on the road, but it was ter- It was just it was so bad. It was, it's out of a nightmare. Like now, I now I see why people get out of control and like die. And I, again, in these moments, I somehow stayed calm, glasses off my face, going seventy five down the highway, and get off to the side of the road and get a tow truck. Second time, that was like seven to eight thousand dollars. And on that ride, I it's because I'm extroverted. The the tow truck driver. And I were talking about their li- our lives, and I got a lot of TMI, a lot of it. Pretty funny shit, though. Like the dude, uh, the dude had a wife, or not? Yeah, had a wife. They got divorced, started dating another chick, and then had like this the the white trash tr- uh, chick relationship where it was like date like she had a kid, and then the baby daddy was still in the picture, and then like living at her house. But she was allowed to date, and it was just like this weird, like, ah, that has to be so much fun. Could you imagine that? You just wake up, and you just had sex with this chick that you, I guess, want to have sex with, or you feel like the need to have sex with, and then, you know, baby daddy rolls in and is like, what's up? (laughs) Or you're, like, eating cereal with him and the kids. Ah, like... He he told me it didn't work out. Like no shit. Like he just he was like I really liked her, man. I'm like eh, okay, okay. I I'm so glad I got into a decent relationship and decent as in like excellent. Um, like no issues. Uh, yeah. Well, oh yeah. So then on the third one, which was last Friday, uh. I was at a intersection at a stop sign behind this car. 19 in Pennsylvania in Cranberry Township is nuts. And there's this turn where cars come flying around like around a house basically and it completely is a blind spot. The car in front of me pulls up as if they were going to pull into the road. And then right before they get into the road they stop. Me... Because 99% of people on that fucking street, when you go, you go. You don't second guess it because it's just it's just so busy and you're going to end up getting fucking T-boned and dying because that's how fast people come around that, that curve. So I then pull up, turn my head to the left to see what cars are coming down the, down the way, 
And then I just absolutely murk her. Just, just rip the shit out of the back of her car. I My tire, I think, touched her tire, and I went up and over her car. Bent the axle of mine, uh, guaranteed. And then, not the frame, just like the, the wheel well axle, if that's a thing. I don't know anything about cars, but I feel like that's what it would be called. And then, yeah, her car just, I just smashed the tire into basically the wheel well, and it was just rubbing. Boy, am I fucking embarrassed. 13 years without an accident. 13. And then I just murk a chick at a stop sign. It's like full circle. I get murked at a stop sign, I murk a chick at a stop sign. Uh, and then I made the decision, because it was an intersection, to go to the Chipotle uh, 0.1 miles up on the corner. And uh, to say that my alignment was completely fucked and my wheel well was completely fucked is an understatement. I was like the dude in Formula One that needed to pit because his like shit blew up and he was like almost there and he decided to pit and like just kept going. He didn't wait. And I'm just like running the wheel back and forth like a maniac and just just praying that I don't break down on 19 now instead of the intersection, which is still equally as bad. The tow, t- the tow truck probably would have came faster if if I uh if I was in the intersection. So so I get to Chipotle. I sit there for three and a half hours because I have no friends or family around in the area. And then uh, I made a, a call to a friend that was about 20, 25 minutes away, and they were able to come get me. Three and a half hours. Enterpri- and all of the Enterprise rental cars were gone. There, there was none to give out. It, Enterprise rent a car around this area is the the biggest piece of shit place ever. You're supposed to have cars available and you're just sold out all the time. I went there on a fr- like the Friday. I had a reservation. I had a reservation on a Friday on Friday, and I get there and they're like, "We only have like one car left, and it's not the car that you wanted." What's the point of having a reservation? Then a lady comes in and goes. Oh, uh, I have a reservation for a midsize SUV. We're going on a beach trip, so I need an SUV. Well, we have a compact SUV that's two doors. Will that work? Absolutely fucking not. It won't work. Uh, let me see what we have available. And she just told me this that, that car and then a midsize SUV were the two cars. I took the midsize SUV. Fuck that lady. I don't know her. I don't owe her anything. And so I just sit there and watch this lady's like weak melt because this enterprise can't keep up promises. And then I get an email saying it's like, thank you for your patience this week. And thank you for dealing with our bullshit basically because whoever fucking works there, like the lady, the was like a complete white girl, like just, just shitty. Like what? Like, why are you even here? Like, why, what do you, what do you want? Like, I need a car. I've been out of, car, out of a car for a fucking week because every enterprise in, Pits, in Pittsburgh doesn't have a car for me. So help a f- motherfucker out, dude. Ugh. At least my insurance is dope. The insurance ladies were great. Oh, and another thing about this fucking, this fucking third accident. The lady gets out of the car and is like, you know, perfectly cool. She's so chill. And she was like, the last lady that hit me wasn't as nice and it made me think hindsight in the moment i didn't think i was like yeah you know i don't really you know shit happens i'm okay you're okay 
I'm I'm dying on the inside, but I'm not gonna let you see it because you know I'm I'm fucking poor. I can't afford a two hundred dollar deductible. Like like life's rough right now for me. So I'm still I'm still pissed about it. I I was depressed. I was depressed for a week about this shit. Um. Hmm. So frustrating, but it made me think. She must have done the same. Did the same shit to this lady. She must have just pulled out and stopped, and they crushed her. Because she just keeps getting hit. So she implies she's like, yeah, you know, it happens, and and I'm so glad that we're both okay. And then she was perfectly safe on the driver's side. She chose to jump over her the middle of her car and then get out on the passenger side as if like, I thought her fucking somehow her, she couldn't get out of her car or I thought it was a pass. Uh, the, I thought it was a passenger and the driver's like dead. Cause I somehow like, she, or she's playing like concussion or something. Like I was freaking out at first, but she must, she must just get crushed all the time. And her husband like walks up to me. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm glad we're I'm glad everyone's okay. This is our fourth car in a month. no, he didn't say that though. <sighs> that so now I'm driving a Jeep Compass, which is cool. I, I those cars, they they feel like absolute dog shit, but they're not. I don't know. How, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, like you get in it and you're like, ooh, this is nice, but then when you start driving it, you're like, this is just the this is just a shitty Ford, I think, or what's it, what's Jeep though? Jeeps owned by. Not Ford. Not Chrysler, maybe Chrysler Jeep. Let me let me look at a sec. Uh, let's see what let's see what we're working with over here. Jeep is owned owned by Fiat Chrysler Automotives. So there you go. It does. It feels like I'm just in a shitty Chrysler. I I don't get. I I'm excited from the fact that I I grew up in a Jeep. Like when I was 16, my dad bought me a Jeep for my first car, and uh, two thousand dollars that was my limit, and I got like a six thousand dollar car for it. It was a uh, like in value. Like we got a deal. We got an absolute steal in that car, and uh, it was it was wonderful. It was definitely wonderful to have. Got to goon around with all the friends. You can ride like eight deep in those things, which is like two in the trunk, but don't tell anybody. Um, it's just yeah, it's just great, good time. So to get in a Jeep again and go, man, these things are just it's nice and big and and roomy. It just feels good. But nothing beats my Subi. Nothing beats the Subi gang. Well, I keep getting text messages. All right. So that's what that's why that's why. I couldn't do a podcast last week. I was just not in the right headspace. I actually went to Erie for the week. My girl went and picked me up, and then, uh, I sw- and then, Chris has been off the face of the earth for like a week now. I hope he's okay. I really do, but he usually doesn't like not answer me, and it's been like it's been. I like I get really insecure with this shit too. I'm like, did I say something fucking dumb? Did I piss him off? But we literally just haven't talked. That's one thing I really really should work on as a as an adult is like to just remove all insecurity from my, from my life but 
don't know. I don't think therapy. I don't think therapy is going to get there anytime soon. But it's dope. It's good times. Ah, what else do I got going on in my life? Got denied for unemployment. That feels great. So still very very poor. But we're working. We're grinding. We're door dashing. We're door dashing constantly still. Door dashing in a rental car is pretty nice. I mean, no more wear and tear, but I guess when you're accumulating $16,000 worth of damages in four months, three, four months, it's not it's not the way I would have written it, but none, none of the situation's really how I would have written it. Yeah. It, it it's a it's a weird crossroads. You, you you either you either like like in October is either you quit your job and you just figure it out, or you stay and you don't sign the paper and you get fired, or you stay and work on this like bullshit thing that they cooked up. And yeah, like they just fire you anyway because that's where it was going. They didn't like me. I didn't really like them. But every time I play it back in my mind, I, I wouldn't go back. Or, or not go back, but I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it a, a single minute of it. This whole waiting for unemployment, living off of stimmy checks and door dashing and uh, just just kind of finding my path is is more freeing than me being there and getting canned or me knowing that I got fired because I didn't agree with what they thought of me. Um, pride is the devil though. I have to say, cause if I would have just let go of my pride and got fired, I would have easily gotten unemployment. But, but deciding that I quit really threw a wrench at my, in, my income. And now this is where I'm at. But in my mind, knowing that I quit is way easier than than like because I'm a truthful person. Like I I can't lie. So when it's the difference between, hey, you're a quitter, or hey, you got fired, I being a quitter is way easier for me. I, I, I a lot of people were like that wasn't probably the smartest move. Hindsight 2020. Yeah, I get it. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. And we just keep pushing on. So now I'm just interviewing like crazy, dealing with recruiters, dealing with new job opportunities, and I'm just trying to get back in the swing of things, find a place that more aligns with how I want to work and has less corporate politics that just muddy the waters. I I don't understand how those places, they're just like too big to fail, I guess, because you you suffer in the the technical aspects of being able to do good accounting and finance and then they overcomplicate everything and add nuance and just it just it just muddies everything like how do we feel about this well it's fucking it's fucking numbers like it's in the, there's a reason for everything it's like how do i how do we feel about this reason and how 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 would the person that we're going to tell feel about it? And are we going to get in trouble because we can't get in trouble because if our boss is, if our, if our CFO hears, we're, we're going to get in trouble. 
and I and that's not that doesn't look good for us. It's just, it's just if if we fucked up, you own it, and you fix it. Like, how do you how do you become a better person? I fuck up all the time. Anyone who ever listens to me talk shit, I'm a habitual button presser. I fuck up royally. I piss off Jared weekly. I have no desire to do that. Ever. And that's my boy. But you just you just keep working at it. Like like if I can go a whole week without doing that, I'm doing pretty solid. Like I'm winning this week. But most times it happens. I just keep pushing. I keep learning on how to not be a habitual button presser daily. But yeah, so door dashing is cool though. Gets me back in my delivering roots. I delivered pizzas for about eight years. Man, probably more towards six. The first two I didn't really deliver. I just made made the food. But it's just chill, listen to podcasts, think about things, think about life and how it is just low-key meaningless. Uh, and I get to go to interesting places, I guess. Just gigantic, over-the-top uh, houses. Out in Cranberry, Wexford area, the rich. This is where all the rich people live. It ain't in the city. It ain't in the South Hills. It, it's not even like North Park and North Hills. Like they're kind of big, but once you get Wexford and Cranberry, shit is crazy. I don't know what it's going to take for me to afford anything up here. I'm just, I'm just not gonna live here eventually. But I, I might be the poorest person here. The only way I can see my like, is there really that many CFOs and CEOs and people making like three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year that they can afford these places, or is it just not? Tr- yeah, it's just trust fund babies essentially, where you know their parents are millionaires, so they they got a house when they got married, and now you know it's paid for, and and then they just kind of like are like teachers or some shit, and they just you know, have a little life, but they have a gigantic house because their parents had the money. Because I don't see it. I don't see it on like uh, $80,000 a year dual income. Let's do one sixty. If you're making one sixty a year, maybe, maybe a half million dollar house? Maybe? That's pushing it too. Like, you're not going to go on vacations. You're just gonna go to. I mean, so I guess you can go to Ocean City, but is that really a vacation? Is any local beach is Myrtle Beach a vacation anymore? I don't know. It's just PA with a beach. Everyone goes there. Oh, we're going to the Outer Banks. Like, ugh. How many times can you go to the Outer Banks? Go to. I would say go to Belarus, but you can't right now. But. Go to Greece. Go to Rome. Just go anywhere besides a fucking beach that you've seen a trillion times. Just because you know where you have to get the best taffy doesn't mean that this is the place to go every single fucking year. And if it is, save your money and just buy a fucking condo instead of wasting like $10,000 to go for a week. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I could just ramble all day about shit. Um... DoorDashing is good. DoorDashing was definitely 
it's definitely worth it. Uh, you make like you're an independent contractor, but you can make like twenty two to twenty five an hour. The best I ever did was like in one single hour. I think I made sixty dollars. That was pretty sick. But uh, it definitely pays the bills. Gets a little extra money in your pocket. And then you get to uh, you get to like go to just decent places, I guess, depending on where you live. And then for me, I got to go to a cult, which is phenomenal. It's great material here. I get a delivery that's like fifteen dollars to go like ten miles out of my way. No brainer, over a dollar a mile. Let's go. So I'm going to middle of fucking nowhere outside of the range, outside of Cranberry, and I roll up on this, like, Christian compound, and there's, like, a bunch of little houses, and then probably, like, a main center, and then just a bunch of different other buildings and, like, some some construction shit. The pin took me to this house that had bags of dog shit on the side of it. So, so... Either they pick it up immediately, which I doubt they do, where the dog shits in the house and then they just, like, let, let like, they just, like, drop it out. Or they they capture people and then those people have to shit in the bags and they drop them outside, too. Uh, uh, maybe it was, they were, they were pretty big poos. They could have been human shits. Um, But, yeah, so I get there. I'm, I'm now lost. Like, the place is entrapped. It entraps you. The the roads make no sense because they probably paid them and made them themselves. And then it's just like random rights and random lefts and around bends. And then you're like still in this compound. And all the street names are like stupid Christian-y shit like Love Lane, which isn't really like Christian-y. But, you know, there's Faith Road and Love Lane. Let's, let's, just, let's just knock it off with that shit. And then I'm standing outside. I knock on a door. No one answers. That's the one with all the dog shit in front of it. So I decided to call the lady. And I'm holding their pizza. And I just feel like the entire place is watching me. Ready to just just, do, just take everything I have. And then I'm like forced to be in a cult. But the lady the lady comes out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, hey. like, Sorry you drove right by me. I was waving at you. And I'm like, yeah, you know, your pin's back here. So... That's that's where I went, and uh, I handed her the food. She's like, "Go with God." I'm like, okay, great. And then I get on my car and I just try to goon it out of there as fast as possible, because if there's a gate, like that gate could have been closed on the way out, and I'm like, now some sort of weird Jehovah Mormon thing. And yeah, I'm just like, I'm gonna have to build houses to like work my way out of it or something. I don't, I don't know. Just it just didn't seem. Just didn't seem right. Didn't feel good. So, on the way back, since I had to drive, you know, ten miles back to town because it was so out of the way, I was thinking to myself, what would it take for me to just be like, you know, what I'm gonna hang out with a cult for like a little bit, just, just not, just a couple months till I get back on my feet. And I'm not really Christiany. So I'm not really sure where I'm not really sure where I would uh jump in on that. I think that I think that uh 
That's weird. All right, that ain't working. Technical issues, but we got this. We got this. I, I it, it would have to be food. Like, hey, you know, we're having a a pancake banquet on Sunday, and you should come by. You know, it goes to a charity. We make pancakes, waffles, crepes, like whatever you want. We're having a bunch of people come out. And it's just the people that probably fucking live there because it's a cult. And i just be like, yeah, sure. You know what? I love pancakes, charity. Give them a couple bucks, whatever. And then, you know, I see kids, I don't, I don't know, they're shooting some hoops or playing some four square. And they're like, hey, mister, you want to play with us? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Why not, kids? And then I'm like, you know, playing four square. And then I like dunk it on a fucking kid. And then I'm like, yeah, fucking right. And then... And they're like, hey, hey, don't swear like that. That's not what Jesus would do. And I'd be like, ugh, okay. And and then, you know, some random, like, really nice guy or a hot chick would come out and just be like, hey, yeah, you know, having fun with the kids. That's so cool. Hey, why don't you, uh, you know, we play a we play a, a, a pickup game every Wednesday. Why don't you just come out on Wednesday and just shoot shoot some basketball with us? You know, you look like you could work out a little bit. You you got a nice nice form. You you play. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, I'll come out on Wednesday. Yeah. All right. And uh then I show up on Wednesday and and we're hooping. We're balling out of control. And then I just I I can only imagine they'd be like, hey, why don't you just come on church on Sunday? Or, hey, tell me about yourself a little bit. Like, what are you up to? And then I'm an open person. I'm extroverted. I just go, hey, yeah, you know, I lost my job. And, and you know, I don't really have a whole lot of money right now. And my situation is a little fucked. And they would just go, oh, yeah, you know, that does suck. And, yeah, we could help. You know, if you just want to, like, help out around the around the plantation, around the around the fortress and and maybe I maybe after some pizza and some basketball and you know they're like hey do you play like World of Warcraft I'll be like yeah I play World of Warcraft we, we have a guild man you can just play on here with us I'm like oh man they play WoW too oh shit and then I go you know you got any any room for me yeah yeah just yeah, we can work something up you can live with uh, there's two other people there but they're cool you have your own room I just be like hmm Okay. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a good idea. And then before you know it, I pull up with all my shit, I unpack it all, and then I I just I just know that they would just low key over time destroy everything I have. At first they'd be all cool, I'm all set up, probably gaming at like eight gigs down, still door dashing or whatever, and like they don't really bother me. And then they they're just like, hey hey, can we like borrow your computer for a minute? Yeah, sure, whatever. I go take a shit, come back. It's like busted. You know, they like they like, they like virus it up or something. And then one day they're they're just like, Hey, can we can we use your phone? Like, yeah, yeah, you can use my phone, all right, no big deal. And then it comes back like smashed. Oops, sorry. And then hey, hey, we we need we need a car. Can we take your car? Just real quick, just down down the road and pick this thing up and then bring it back. Oh, sure, yeah. You I mean you're helping me out? No problem. I mean you already fucked my phone up and I can't play video games anymore. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. And then they don't, they come back and they're like, yeah, 
we uh, we accidentally wrecked it. Yep. Right into a tree. There was a deer in the road, and we swerved, and, and, it's, and it's dead. And then I'm stuck on a plantation. No phone, no car. No games. No life. And then and there there I am in a cult. And you would never see me again. You wouldn't hear this 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 voice ever again. This voice that's projecting into the ether. But so that's what I thought about for about fifteen, twenty minutes while driving around. It was just how how would they get me in and then probably how would I get fucked into just being a slave on that on that weird ass fucking plantation? Uh, cult cults are cool like that though, for sure. What's going on here? Oh snap! Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Uh, so then we got the whole uh Kwame Brown situation, which is fucking amazing. I I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Or just, oh, shit. Um, Kwame Brown is this wonderful, wonderful person that is going after Charlemagne the God, going after that whole breakfast club, and then a bunch of old, like, NBA players and shit. It is, it is my favorite bit of news that's going on in the world. Uh... So I'm gonna play a clip for you real quick. Hopefully I can figure out how to get this audio perfect. But uh this is my first time trying to link two different softwares together to be able to pick up uh to pick up computer audio as well as my microphone audio. So let's just see how this works. Um so just a little little background. Kwame Brown was this NBA basketball player who played for the Wizards and he played with Michael Jordan and the whole rumor is is Michael Jordan destroyed this dude. He was supposed to be like the next big thing, you know, first round, first pick. So the Wizards got to play with MJ like he's just development out the out the wazoo, just going to blow up. Well, he didn't. He played in the league for like over a decade, but he just never amounted to much and uh Gilbert Arenas Steven Jackson and like all these old NBA players who have a podcast were talking mad shit on him. And then he got pissed off and just went ham. Just murked these dudes. Which I would play, but it's not really it's not really where I want to go with this because it's just basketball players talking shit about basketball. And I want to get to what Charlemagne gets to. And uh, here's Charlemagne's take on the whole uh, Kwame Brown situation. Let me tell y'all something. Leave Kwame Brown alone. I don't know if y'all know, but you could do a little research. Kwame Brown was born in Charleston, South Carolina. I don't think I've ever met Kwame, but I know a lot of his family. His family lived in Moss Corner, South Carolina. His father's name was Willie Brown. I don't know how many kids Willie Brown had. I don't know how many siblings Kwame Brown got, but I went to school with his sister, and I went to school with one of his his brothers. Let me tell y'all something. Kwame's father in the 90s, I remember this story. He beat a woman with an axe handle. It was his girlfriend. And the rumor was he buried her alive. He buried her in the area that I grew up in, if I remember correctly. I've been trying to call my dad since yesterday to, to, to confirm the whole story. So he, 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 a rumor that the dad murdered this chick and buried her alive. It has the, the nutsack to put this out on the air. 
which insane. But Charlemagne the God's a piece of shit, and he uses his platform to just uh, you know spread rumors, chaos, and all this stuff. Because I literally forgot about this until yesterday. But the the woman died, and he got arrested. Uh, if he's still alive, he's in prison for life because he got caught because he left South Carolina after the murder and came back for his paycheck. Let me tell you something else. His other brother, I don't know if him and Kwame were close, but his other brother shot his baby mama several times and then killed himself. That was like in 08. And his other brother, Kwame's other brother, just went to jail for murder like three years ago. All of this you can Google. I'm saying all that to say leave Kwame leave alone. Him. That man leave has been alone. quiet for 20 years. He don't bother nobody. Clearly all that... You know, all all that he's a bust stuff gets to him, and you don't know what people are going through or have been through, but I've seen folks snap for less, and it looks like, you know, Kwame is snapping. And if you look at the history of men in his family, you would know his, his men in his All right, so he basically attacks the entire family, and this is where he gets, like, his basis that, that Kwame is, like, some sort of fucking killer or something. And it's just, just an overall piece of shit, man. Just, why? 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 Why you gotta try to like cause like to do like deductive reasoning of saying, well, if you know these people are killers, then this dude's a, a killer. Now he may not be cool, like he might be a, a fucking loose loose socket or something and just destroy you. And uh, and but he might not kill anybody. So Charlemagne gets up on himself and tries to make a, a big deal out of nothing. Says, you know, you better leave him alone or you might get fucking whacked or something. Well, Kwame is the shit. This dude just goes in all the time. He know he gets the news about everybody. He goes live on Instagram. He goes live on YouTube and just sits in his truck and talks mad shit. And just goes in like Merc Charlemagne. Let's so let's just hear a little bit of it, and uh, I can if we don't get to any of the good parts, uh, I can tell you some of the good stuff. So here here's here's like just how Kwame sounds, and you don't want to fuck with this guy clearly, but like he ain't gonna kill you. He's just smart and he uses his mouth. I literally said what these people would do. Now, all day. Or for the last couple of days, no one wants to challenge or hear my real point and the real message. But everyone is telling me how angry and pitiful and mad and everything that I am without talking to me. When did Matt Barnes and uh, fucking uh, Mr. Got Away With It, uh, Mr. Rapist, Charlemagne the God, Ooh. when did these two dudes... When are, they, when are they able to diagnose that type of situation without talking to somebody? So you mean to tell me that I was right? I actually was right that all the media machine are tied, majority of them are tied in together to disrespect, disrespect black men. One black man came and talked to two black men that you can clearly see on their show that Matt Barnes was giggling and snickling and said only one got traded, only one got traded. Made sure, like he was a high school little punk, made sure he tapped Jack. And Jack said there was only one person in that trade. Now, not, not Charlemagne the God, not Jamel Hill, not punk ass DJ Envy that I think his wife spanking his bitch ass, and Angela Lee, uh, Angela Yee, 
you need to stay out of men business. I know you always on the podcast with two men, but lady, like I told Jamel Hill, you don't have nothing to do with this. Now, two men spoke up, so I'm a, well, I don't know what Charlemagne is, because throwing penis and, penis and butt at Donnell Rollins, see, I see why they got your bitch ass on that podcast, and I see why you got offended. Yeah, because you one of them, boy. How in the fuck you allegedly raped a girl, and this girl crying and all this shit, and you played guilty to the shit, or no contest, and your bitch ass is still on a syndicated radio station, motherfucker. Are you God, um, nigga? You the only black man in the world that can rape some girl and admit to it and then be on a national show, bitch? What, you got to go to the office and dance for your boss's bitch in a thong? That's why you keep always talking about Bunky and Dick with DJ Envy Punk? You motherfuckers done fuck with the wrong one. Now, let me explain something to you, you punk bitch. Oh, man. He I didn't even know great. my sister that my daddy had when you went to high school with him, you dummy. I didn't even know her. I know her now. I met her at my grandmother's funeral, you punk bitch. See, that's what happened when you speak about shit you don't know what you're talking about. And that's what happens, Charlemagne, when you hang around so many women and sleeping on them couches, you try to tell a man that don't <laughs> identify with what you're talking about. Because I know the women you hang around say that a man that'll say you a motherfucking punk bitch, somehow that's violence. But by definition, that is not violence. Maybe I need my mouth washed out with soap, but that's my opinion. You a motherfucking punk ass bitch. And that's not violent, sir. And I, and I see now, I'm gonna stay in my house and I'm gonna stay far away from them niggas because if something go down, you trying to paint the picture like I'm the aggressor. You didn't even listen to none of the words I said, sir. Jack said we were joking. So I said, cool. Y'all took some personal digs. I know how to joke too, motherfucker. And while everybody was talking about boxing and meeting up, I said to these brothers on my live, tell me when you want to stop joking. Because this is a joke, right? <sighs> and I noticed we supposed to have such an educated community. And I see they just a peanut gallery. Because not no one challenged none of the points that I said. Not So, the... He goes on forever. Like, th this one video is 20, 28 minutes. He did an hour and a half today. He did an hour 15 a week ago. Like, the dude is just murking people and just laying them out. And he he went in, you know, he, this is gra grabbing a lot of attention. I mean, Kwame Brown has... This this one video has 231k, one from a week ago, uh, 472k. He is getting attention, and it's all over Twitter. It, it's everywhere, and it's bringing up bad shit for uh, the Breakfast Club. Who cares about some old washed NBA players like Gilbert Reigns is shit and stuff? But like, you know, it's just like Matt. Who gives a shit about Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson? They're they're just doing the same thing I'm doing. We're trying to be like semi relevant. Cool, whatever. Way more successful than me, but I, I get the point. So then uh, yesterday, and this is number eight on trending, is uh, Charlemagne bitching out of everything. So here's the donkey of the day. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but donkey of the day is a new one. Mm. <sighs> donkey of the day for Monday, May 24th goes to me. 
Lenard McKelvey, uh, contrary to popular belief, this is not the first time I've given myself Donkey of the Day because Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I mean, I may be kind of biased towards certain people, but but I don't have any bias when it comes to myself. If I'm wrong, if something I do or say doesn't sit right with my spirit, I have to apologize and do better moving forward, and that's what I'm about to do right now. I want to apologize to Kwame Brown and Kwame Brown's family. I want to apologize to his father, Bill Brown, and, and, and the family of his father. See, last week on this radio, in my attempt to defend a Charleston, South Carolina-born brother like myself, uh, I revealed too much information about that man's family. And even though all that stuff is public record, some things just don't need to be said on the radio, and they definitely don't need to be said by me. When I look back you know, on the way I communicated that, I communicated it all wrong. And I unintentionally Bitching triggered trauma out. in a lot of folks I grew up with who I genuinely love. I'm sure I caused a lot of pain for not only Kwame Brown, but for his family, especially his family in my hometown amongst Corner, South Carolina. You know how I know? Because I spoke to a few of them. Uh, I've been on the phone this weekend with, with, with mothers of children and their children. Uh, salute to Shaliba and her daughter, Brianda. I was on the phone with uh, yep. sisters like uh, Wallet. Yep. Oh, she cursed me out good. And, you know, I was apologizing for triggering them, causing mm-hmm. them pain because I was casually discussing their family's trauma, man. And and that's something that I have to stop doing. That's something that we all have to stop doing. I was talking to my sacred purpose coach, Yadi Alba, this weekend. She's like a spiritual therapist. I have her and my clinical therapist, and that's what we were talking about, how we casually discuss each other's traumas. I didn't even think about what yep. we spoke on, you know, Kwame and his family, how many people were so impacted by those So he just completely bitches on. out. I mean, that's, and that's generational. I would say that he talked okay, to I, I, a couple people. I don't think he would lie about that. But you know who he definitely fucking talked to? His publicist. Because if you search Charlemagne the God and Kwame Brown on Google, uh, it's all about how he apologized. He apologized. He apologized. It's not that we should cancel Charlemagne because, you know, he's a rapist. It's it's he apologized. Thank God he apologized. They, they have Charlemagne the God so wrapped up in the, in, in the industry that he can do literally whatever he wants and probably get get away with it. Just it, it is it is fascinating. I have to say. So Kwame's back on his shit. I didn't watch the newest uh, episode essentially of his of his life, but uh, him and Stephen Jackson, I guess, are gonna fight eventually. Or I don't think Kwame wants to fight. I think he just wants to speak. And Stephen Jackson is like threatening him, saying like, "Pull up, and I'm gonna send my homies on you if you don't stop and shit," which is pretty gangster, but at the same time, pretty bitch ass. Like you, you don't have to, you don't have to go there, dude. You were the one who was talking shit first. Don't get upset because that dude outsmarted your dumbass. Ugh. Like people could just be wrong. You know, you talked a little shit, you got smacked up, and then you apologize, like like Charlemagne. But Charlemagne also said that. Fucking Kwame might just uh just murder you, which is absurd. But uh, it's just it's it's just a great saga. It's just an absolutely great saga. This guy was quiet for twenty years. No one bothered him. And then some NBA players shook him up, and then he came out fucking swinging. And he, I think he found his lane a little bit too. I think he's gonna maybe be able to flip this into like a little podcast, or a little bit of life of Kwame. And I think he really wants to help out his community. So. He said that uh, he he said that on one of his newer ones that it could bring attention to his area and they can you know do some more stuff for the community, build some places for like the homeless and shit like that. So shout out to Kwame. That is some great great entertainment. 
as well as him sticking up for himself, which you always got to love to see. Uh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, so that's all I, hope you, all I really got. Wasn't really expecting to do a podcast by myself, but here we are. Again, paging Christmas Saga. If you're out there, you know, just text me back. It's okay if you want. If you don't want to drive up, I'll, I'll I'll do another one by myself. We ain't gonna get. I'm gonna get kind of used to this. Just sit here rambling, man, for about an hour. Maybe I'll find a couple more videos, scrape them up, and we can talk. I can talk about them too, and just uh, keep moving because I can't. I can't stop. I can't stop podcasting. It means too much to me. It uh, it makes me feel better about my life, and every every listen matters, man. Every single one. I. I, uh, you know, I'm only getting like probably about 25 plays a podcast now because I, I wasn't consistent. And now I told myself that I'm going to be consistent as hell. And, uh, I want to bring that type of consistency so the listeners can enjoy me instead of just going, ah, he can't do it. I hate that. I hate even myself thinking that. And, uh, I want to keep doing it for me first and then if you enjoy let's do it for you as well so share the podcast leave rate review on itunes i think i got 19 ratings can we get that to 20 one of y'all out there can give me a five star that'd be fucking sick much appreciated and then uh hopefully routinely off topic coming soon we've been uh removed a couple weeks even though we said we weren't going to give up on it we're not it's just my car situation is fucked. My money situation is a little fucked. And I was going through some stuff with uh, just j- just some relationship shit. Just ironing out some details about how to live. Maybe I'll talk about it one day. If I, I would want to get permission on that. But uh, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty juicy. It's pretty it's a thing that a lot of people go through. Uh, probably more in like the 1980s, 70s, and 60s than 2021. But here we are. And, um, yeah, we're all good in the hood, the white hood up here in Cranberry. It's not even close to a hood. It's just, it's probably white paradise. That's what's fucking happening up here. People just driving around in Mercedes and Range Rovers and, and just living in traffic. Ah, it's life up here. But, uh, yeah, so that's about it. See ya probably next week. Maybe another one later in the week. I'm feeling a little eager, but doubtful. Uh, yeah, so leave rate review. Thank you for listening and talk to y'all soon and peace out.